0: Thank you for listening to City Hill Dubai podcast. The Exodus is our brand new series about God's salvation coming through in a time when people are scared and vulnerable. In the series, we also look at questions about finding our identity, our purpose in life and how to find hope in unprecedented times. Join us in this epic journey where we will discover redemption, identity and hope. A video format of this series is also available on our YouTube channel, City Hill Dubai. For more information, visit www.cityhillglobal.com.
1: Good morning, everyone. Thank you for joining us. I'm Mark from City Hill. With me today, I've got Fusi. Hi, hey. Fusi. How are you doing?
0: I'm good. How are you?
1: Yeah, I'm well, thanks. Today, you're going to be continuing our series through Exodus, looking at chapters 13 and 14, yes?
0: Yes, I'm, I'm really excited about that. Yeah, wonderful. I can't wait to
1: hear what you've got for us. Thank Can you, you tell us where we're going to be heading with this today?
0: Yeah, sure. So we're looking at uh, chapter 13 and chapter 14. So it's obviously the story of the people of God. They have now come to their moment of their Passover. And what is happening now in the story is that Pharaoh has relented. He's decided now that he's going to release the people of God and they're going to go back into the promised land. And he said, because his firstborn son was killed and because the angel of death came and destroyed pretty much all of um, the firstborn sons of the, the Egyptians, but also even the animals as well. And Pharaoh realizes that God is strong and mighty and powerful as he always said he was. And now he decides he was gonna let the Israelites go so that they might worship God, and they now decide to go. And as they go, and they take their everything they have, and it even says that that they were given some jewelry and other things by the Egyptians. And they go, and halfway through their journey, Pharaoh realizes what have I done, and he comes after them, is chasing them, and and not only do they go, but uh, the Bible tells us that uh, they prepared this unleavened bread that they took with them on the journey. And God says, do remember this moment. You shall have seven days of celebrating this feast of unleavened bread. So it should be seven days. And on the seventh day is a celebration. It's a Passover feast which you will celebrate with your people as a remembrance of what God has done in delivering you from the hands of Pharaoh and from Egypt. So they're, they're traveling and all of a sudden a pillar of fire and cloud begins to lead the people of God as they journey along. And, and this cloud and fire is leading them, is going before them. And, and Pharaoh comes after them and he's pursuing them and the Egyptians are pursuing them with their chariots. And Literally what happens, the pillar of cloud and the fire blocks them and goes behind the people of God, which means this fire goes before and behind the people of God, protects them. And until they get to the edge of the sea and Moses begins to panic and the people of God begin to panic. And they say, what are we going to do? They see and hear the chariots and they see the sea, their obstacle and say, what are we going to do now? And God speaks and he says, lift up your hand and see what what I'm about to do. Moses does that. And as he lifts up his hand, God just passed the sea and they're able to, Walk as on dry land. And as they walk out into the wilderness, Pharaoh comes chasing and pursuing them. And basically, what happens Moses lifts up his hand again, and the whole thing is a disaster for Pharaoh because he's swallowed up. In the same way as the Bible talks about how death is swallowed up in victory, the people of God are victorious, they're on the other side, and and now the Egyptians are swallowed up completely by the waters of chaos, and God's people have been delivered, they've crossed over into new life. But really what I want to pick up here is that By way of introduction, there's a lot of imagery in this story, a lot of symbolism that you're picking up, and what you're hearing is you you hear about the lamb, you hear about the firstborn, you hear about the, the unleavened bread, you hear about the the cloud, and the fire, and also the water. So, so there's a lot of symbolism here, because all of this is looking forward to something else. Remember, the story of the people of God is not just about the people of God. This is the story of Jesus Christ. He oh. is the one who brings us into the ultimate exodus. This is a story of not just a physical geographical exit from, um, from Egypt into the wilderness and potentially into the promised land, but this is there's, there is a spiritual set free, setting free as well, yeah. which comes. And that spiritual one happens in Christ because he is our ultimate exodus. He is the one who get us out from darkness, from slavery into now the promises of God into new life. So Jesus is our great one. So when you look at this imagery, the first one that you pick up is the lamb, the lamb that is slaughtered, that was slain. The lamb that is slain so that the people of God might live is Jesus. He is the one. He's the sacrificial lamb. He's our substitute, the substitute so that the firstborn might not die. But Jesus Christ is the one who is sacrificed so that we might live. So he's the lamb that was slain, that was slaughtered. The second one with the firstborn is that what are you picking up with the firstborn here is The firstborn is saved through blood. And the blood that was on the doorpost is so that the firstborn might be saved and rescued and redeemed. And the Israelites are to remember that and celebrate that in the years to come. But there is a, a firstborn son who was not spared, but slain on our behalf so that we might actually find life. And that firstborn son is the firstborn from among the dead. And who is that? The forerunner, the one who went before us and on our behalf did everything else in his name is Jesus Christ. And the unleavened bread as well. You pick up in 1 Corinthians 5, I think, verse 6 till verse 8, when. We don't understand the whole thing of unleavened bread until Paul, just using his language, he helps us to understand what it's all about. And Paul says with the unleavened bread that, hey, look, there is a Passover lamb. And who is that? Jesus Christ. He says, we have the Passover lamb who redeems us from slavery. And he brings us into this freedom of the children of God or the sons of God. And with that freedom, we ought to celebrate the freedom that we've received. And how do we celebrate? We take, there's a, there's a meal that we celebrate with. And the meal that we celebrate with, it talks about this unleavened bread now. Actually, you realize, you, you, I didn't realize this before, but the, the, the leaven that was used was a symbol of the old. And now unleavened means we are into the new, so it's coming out of the pharaoh world, and now symbolically you're going into the new, because it talks about wickedness and malice. They are left behind with pharaoh. They are left behind in the old life, and it talks about sincerity and truth, which is what you experience when you come into the new life. So that's what unleavened bread is all about. Okay. Yeah. And the the, the other thing is the, the pillar of cloud and pillar of fire. One was at night, which was fire. And, and during the day, it was a cloud. And, sure. and the fire is, 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 is symbolic of the holiness of God and God leading them. And they know that God is in the fire, is the burning fire that consumes his foes. Is the same fire of holiness where Moses sees this burning bush, but is not consumed because the fire of God was there. But that same fire is the fire that drives and delivers the people of God into the different way. And that fire is the fire of the Spirit, really, who is with us. And the cloud is the cloud that comes and rests upon the people of God. And, and it's not just any other cloud. It's the cloud that leads them and goes with them. If you look at um, the story of Jesus on the mountain, the Mount of Transfiguration, I think, is in Luke 9. So he's on the mountain. He's with his disciples. You have James and and John, and you have Peter. And then you have Elijah, you have Moses, and the third one is Jesus in there. And Jesus is transfigured, and the the cloud comes and rests upon the, um, the, the disciples, and they see Jesus glorified. And that cloud that rests upon him, they begin to see things differently. And Luke says, Moses and Jesus and Elijah were talking. They were having a conversation. Do you know what the conversation was about? Luke says it was about his, Jesus, Exodus. So there's a new exodus that is about to happen. The exodus that we're picking up here, there's a new one. And the okay. cloud comes when the exodus yeah. happens. And he comes out. For, he goes to the cross and he comes out into new life again. And he emerges as a in a glorified body, which now speaks of our future exodus, that we will come out in Christ. When we're in Christ, we come out. And then the waters. And then, of course, it says the Israelites were baptized into Moses. Yes. And and because they were baptized into Moses, is that they put their faith into Moses as they were coming out. And as they come out of the, of, uh, of the sea, if they put their faith in anything else, they would have been drowned. Yeah. If they were to associate with Pharaoh, they would have been drowned, but they looked to Moses. But we, the only way we can come out, come out from darkness to light, the only way we can be set free and can go into the future is when we look to our Moses. And who is our yeah. Moses, Jesus Christ? And He's the one who brings out us out from, the, fire, from the, the waters of chaos of this life, so we're not drowned, but we are actually to be delivered into the future. So, that was really what this imagery, language here that you're picking up, all this symbolism seem to be pointed to. It all points to Jesus Christ. It's all about Him.
1: Okay. That's great. Thanks, uh, Fusi. I hadn't really picked up on all that imagery before. Um, wonderful to think about it. So how are you going to take us through uh, the rest of the passage thinking of those images?
0: Oh, that's great. Uh, I'm going to look at it in three in three ways. So what I'm going to focus on, the first one is uh, uh, the strong hand of the Lord because it speaks of the strong hand of the Lord leading them. But it also talks about, number two, the, the clouds and the fire also leading them. And thirdly, we're going to look at the crossover when the Israelites do crossover now. So let's start with um, the strong hand of the Lord, which sure. is the mighty hand of the Lord. I mean, it's mentioned in many other passages as well. And later you'll hear Miriam talks about the arm of the Lord that is not too short to save. But actually, for the Israelites, you're only protected, you're only ever protected if you are under the arm of the Lord, the mighty arm okay. of the Lord. and And they will know that God was with them. If they come under the the mighty hand of of God and they are led by the mighty hand of God, then they will know and they will tell their children, their children's children. There'll be a story here of the arm of the Lord is not too short to save, and even for us as well, when we come under. But imagine if they had been disobedient. Imagine if they'd missed the plot and decided to do their own thing. Um, They never would have come under the protection of the hand of God and the arm of the Lord and it would have gone completely haywire. And the the result would have been disastrous. They never would have crossed the Red Sea. They never would have accomplished all that God had in store for them. Um, But actually, what God does here is that he doesn't say to them, obey me. And if you do, I'll lead you out. But he basically does, he he does the opposite. Is it because I've led you out till here, so where you are here you've seen all the plagues you've seen how it came through you've seen how i raised up my servant moses and brought him here to come and deliver you you've seen how i've destroyed the egyptians you've seen what happened to the firstborn of egypt now yeah. obey me because i'm the one who can deliver you i've done this and i can do it again yeah. so i think sometimes we think coming to uh, faith and knowing god is all about a set of rules obey this therefore God will love you. It's not about gaining points to, to earn God's love. No, salvation is about God has already loved you. And because he's shown his power through Jesus Christ by loving you, therefore obey this one because he knows what he's doing. He has plans for you. You will realize that all the gods of Egypt, um, they didn't have the same track record as this God of the Israelites. His track record was perfect. Even if you look at the way he was helping them to cross over, he uses the sea. The the, the Egyptians had gods of the waters, and the the gods of the waters could not help them. They could not save. But also he brings the people of God, and he takes them, and he rules over the land in the way that is so mighty that he's able to drive everything out of their way, the chariots of the Egyptians, everything so that they might be let out. He's the God who rules over the whole earth. He's in charge. He rules over the heavens and the earth. Everything in the heavens is his. He he commands a strong wind to part the sea. He speaks to a pillar of cloud to lead his people, things from the sky. And there's this fire, we don't know quite what the fire is, but the fire is able to lead the people as well. So the obedience, is the obedience of faith. You obey the one who you know has done something for you. That's why the Bible says, because Jesus has died on the cross, put your faith in him because he's already done it. And why did he do it? He did it because, because he loves you. You are loved, therefore obey. You don't obey to be loved. Yeah. The Bible doesn't just coerce you into obedience. But it says, the one you are following is mighty and strong. It is only under his hand that you'll find guidance and protection, and you'll find your destiny, and you'll find deliverance and justice and peace and joy and everything. Therefore, come under his mighty strong hand. He has a good, 100% good track record. He's always been faithful. He's the faithful God, and he will take you through Come under him. Do not do things of darkness. Do not dwell in, the, in darkness like the Egyptians. Come and line up with God, and you'll take you through into the promised land. So the strong, mighty hand of God is there to deliver us. And as we come under him, by faith, we are set free. And that strong hand is our Lord Jesus Christ. He's the one who brings us out because he's mighty, and his might is revealed on the cross. And I would not just challenge us as city hill, and say you do not obey because you want God to love you more. God already loves you, and He cares for you. He is always on your side. He he has won your heart. He has gone before you and died on a cross. And that's why you put your faith in him. You trust in the one who's already done it. Death has been defeated. The grave has no power over you anymore. You are now a new creation. He is the one who's seen you through. He's always been with you. He was there with you during your struggles, during your troubled time. And he will be with you. He knows what he's doing. And let me just call you and charge you to come under him, obey him and let him lead you. Don't allow the world which knows nothing about life lead you, let God lead you and let him guide you through his mighty hand.
1: So Fusi, that's great. We can look back to Jesus to see God's love for us. But the Israelites here in the desert, you mentioned earlier you were going to address the pillar of fire and cloud. I guess they could see God was with them through these symbols while they were in the wilderness?
0: Yes, so the pillar of, cl- of fire and cloud, um, these were leading the people of God from the time that they left. Remember in Egypt, and it wasn't until the Passover and it wasn't until they left that the pillar of cloud came, which was yes. guiding them by day and the fire by night. And, and it was going, bef- the Bible says it was going before them. It was yeah. their forerunner going before them. And, and not only that, when the Israelites saw the, the, the Egyptians, it looks as though the pillar of cloud and the fire, I don't know which one, came and went after them. So the Bible talks about God going, He's, he's before us and he, He's after us as well. And he, so He goes before us and He goes behind us. Okay. So that's who He is. And he protects us on all sides, and and that's what we are picking up here. But a few things that I want to just mention about this cloud and fire. I mean, it probably was quite scary, that's, yeah. You know, because you just It'll see be. this natural stuff happening that you don't know anything about. And Obviously, now we know it was it was the Lord Himself. The yes. Lord was there. Firstly, it says it's the angel of the Lord. That's right. an interesting yes. one. When you pick yeah. up it, the angel of the Lord. And finally, enough. This angel of the Lord, um, many people believe, and um, many commentators believe, the angel of the Lord that the Bible talks about in the Old Testament is the, is the pre-incarnated Son of God, Jesus himself. Wow, okay. So he's the one who is leading the people out of this slavery and out of the of Egypt into now the promised land. So Jesus has always led his people. He has set them apart. He has chosen them and he's about to lead them now. He's the angel of the, the very angel of the Lord that met Moses, the very angel of the Lord that Joshua saw, the very angel of the Lord that's been there all this time. Is the one, the pre-incarnated son of God is now coming before them and charging them and saying, I'm, I'm here with you every day and every night, and I'll be behind you, whatever comes to you. But if, what you understand about fire is that the fire of God is there to consecrate them and to set them apart, because fire is about the holiness of God. It's about to cleansing them and make and setting them apart and earmarking these people as a different from any other People, because remember, this is a new nation. A nation mm-hmm. here is is being born through this process. They are not just seventy people who came four hundred and thirty years ago to Egypt. They are not seventy anymore. There's almost probably a million or more, because it's about six hundred thousand okay. men, and I think it's a lot more a than crowd. that. It is yeah. quite a crowd, and now they have an identity and their identity is that they are people of God. They are led by Yahweh. How are they led by Yahweh? Every day, every night, a cloud is there, and a fire is there, and that fire sets them apart. They are the chosen ones. The ones who are led by the fire are the people of God. Right. The ones, those led by the Spirit are the people of God. So yeah. there is that interchangeable language there that you gotta watch that okay. is there. And not only that, The fire goes behind them to protect them as well, because it is the fire of God that consumes his foes on every side. It is not just there to guide them, to lead them into the future, but it's there also to protect them from whatever tries to attack them. So what does Pharaoh see? He sees God. He sees the Lord now. He's, you know, armed like a man of war and now defending his people. Who is the Lord armed like a man of war defending his people? Jesus Christ. So here is the Christ himself who is armed for war and he says oppression. All these things that are oppressing the people of God, you stop. Slavery, stop at your tracks now. Whatever is hindering people of God from fulfilling the promises of God and who they are is stopped at its tracks and is done by the fire. But it's a gift from God as well that God has given to them. It's a gift that he's given to guide them and to lead them. So really, we are a people led by God, led by the Spirit of God. And those who are led by the Spirit are the sons of God. They have a new identity. They are saved by grace through faith. They have the spirit in them, the spirit that cries out, Abba, Father. And the spirit cleanses us and sets sets us apart and makes us the people of God. And it cleanses us from sin. It cleanses us from the old, from the the slavery mentality, the, the old ways of doing things. And the spirit now presents us before God and leads us and guides us into the whole future that God has for us. So think about it. If you are here in Dubai and you are part of the church, you are part of City Hill, I want you to know that you cannot make it in Dubai without the Spirit. The Spirit is to lead us together corporately as a church charging us into the future, into the promises of God. We cannot do that without the Spirit. We cannot do that without the Lord himself dwelling in our midst. Um, And even when I make decisions about my future here in Dubai, even during these difficult times, rest and rely on the power of the Spirit. And I just want to say to you, even when we don't meet together like we are right now, you have the Counselor with you who will guide you into all truth you have the spirit, even when you are in your office or making decisions about your future, where you're going, what you you should do, do not miss out by putting the spirit outside. Just ask the Holy Spirit to come. Why don't you do that right now? Why don't you just say, Holy Spirit, come over us and lead us. Lead me and my family. Lead me and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. For your name's sake make me yours lord cleanse me you have adopted me you've made me your own come and fill me today and lead my thoughts and lead my future i rest on you today because that's what the god did when he led the people out he was there with them during the day and he was there with them during the night he is the one who leads us
1: so Fusi. The Spirit of God is with us, with the pillar of fire and cloud leading the Israelites, just like we've got the Holy Spirit leading us as children of God. Where is this Spirit leading the Israelites at the next point of this journey?
0: Yeah, this is the Exodus now. This is the crossing over. This is a moment where the people of God are crossing over. So there you go. It's leading them to to the Red Sea. So they choose, God chooses not to take them through the Philistine way because apparently they were not really ready for it. But then he, he takes them all the way to the edge of the Red Sea. And he says, be silent. and God is about to do something here. You don't have to work at this. Your salvation is not your own work. Right. Just be silent. Watch yeah. God do it. And he does it. He delivers them. So he, the Egyptians are pursuing them. And as they pursue them, they realize God has the power to make a way where there is no way. It is the sea in front of them. And he They're makes, blocked, right? They are blocked. There is nothing they can do other than actually put their faith in God. And Moses puts his faith in God. And he says to the Israelites, be silent and watch what the Lord is going to do. He raises his, his hand and God passed the sea and they yeah. cross over. So basically God makes a way will always make a way for us where there is no way. Remember when we were stuck, we had no way of escaping. We had no way of coming from death to life. Jesus made a way for us where there was no way. God is the one who stepped into our history to come and redeem us. And he parted the seas of our chaos and he brought us from death to life. So he's doing the same thing here. But also water was a symbol of chaos as right. well. Okay. In the same way as um, so that when the Jews saw water, the Hebrews, they thought of chaos and destruction. Because remember the story, the narrative they're living with is the narrative of Noah. when God came and judged the world through the floods. And they know that when it comes to the chaos, you have those that are saved by the Lord and you have those that perish. And you can see how the story of the floods is taking place here, is in full view. Because what happens is that there are those who are carried by the Lord and survive this whole thing. And you have those who do not put their faith in the Lord, but those who put their faith in Moses, and it's not just, it's not just the people, it's even animals as well. Remember with yes. the ark, it was the yes. animals, it was everyone. The family of Noah is saved while everyone else who is disobedient is crushed. In this, quite the same way, the judgment of God, the chaos that comes, God is saying, I'm judging Egypt now. This is the final judgment over Egypt where the waters come. And the people of God cross over, and the Egyptians are crushed with their chariots and everything. God is saying now, now, this is the ultimate judgment. Over suffering, over pain, over sorrow, over slavery, over all the what the people have been struggling with, he makes way where there is no way. He crushes his enemies, he delivers his people, and he brings them in as an on dry land, and they come out of the waters. They're, they put their faith in Moses, whose faith was in in the Lord. Yeah. In the same way, as the only way we come out is put our faith in Christ, and we can also cross over into the future as well. But the crossing over here, you've got to realize, is the crossing over from what was to what is to be, to, to be as to a new life, a life of freedom, but they've not yet fully Come into the okay. promised land there. in the yeah. same way as we've come, we've crossed over from death to life, but we haven't experienced the fullness of the, this inheritance yet. We've yet to experience the fullness. Mm-hmm. In so the they've left slavery. Yes. But they haven't reached
1: the promise land. Haven't reached
0: promised land. They haven't reached the promised land, but they have crossed over. But the crossing over is so significant. It's so significant okay. because it speaks of our salvation. It speaks of us coming out from where we were to where we are now. Right. Fear is gone. Shame has been defeated. Guilt has gone because we are now cleansed. We are the redeemed. We are people of God who are redeemed through the the, the, the waters, but also water was a sign of division. It was a, a divider. Remember the, the Bible talks about when God created everything. So the waters up in the in in the heavens and the waters below. <laughs> it was almost there was Always a okay. division, isn't it? And you you also pick up with Noah as well. So there was those who were there were those who were in and those who were out. There's always that. Yeah. So there were no bridges, no tunnels. In the Bible, no, the, right, the yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. there's always all these dividers, but God, God was, you know, water was yeah. used as a sign of uh, to divide things from the good and the bad as well. So, so you should remember John the Baptist as well, baptizing people through water. They are, these are the ones, the repentant ones, and these are not. These are now repentant. Israelites, and these are not. There's always that sort of um, um, division there and separating from the good and the bad. Right. And in the same way as now Pharaoh is separated now, and the good people, those who are of the Lord, okay. come out. Okay. But actually, what you are realizing here is that we also have experienced this crossing over moment in our lives. Okay. When I gave my life to Jesus, I crossed over. I went from you know, the life of death, perishing, from being a slave to sin. And I now came into the fullness of the Son of God and I now came into this new, great, and exciting life in God. The sad thing is, like the Israelites, Mm -hmm. there's always this desire to go back. And what are we going back into? We're going back into this life of slavery. And if you think about it that way, nobody wants to be a slave, but actually often we are striving for slavery because we don't know quite what we've got. The land or what God has prepared for us, before us, is great and exciting. Why do we go back? If we go back, we fall into sin. If we go back, we fall into the trap of the enemy. But remember, what God is doing is he's crushing his enemies and he's bringing the people of God out. So we, as the people of God, are the crossover people. We are the people of the crossover. We have now come into our inheritance. And I just want to speak to you as City Hill and say, we are here in the church. But actually, there's a lot that God has in store for us, even in this city. I want to say this, there are promises of our lives. There's an inheritance. We are together about to inherit inherit something big in God in, in Dubai. And I just want to say this, let us cross over together. Let us cross over into the promises of God, into the fullness of what God has for us, and let no one be left behind. Please, just take heed of what God is saying. There's a new season that's about to come over the life of City Hill. And it's it's an exciting season. It's a season where God is going to lead us into some of the most amazing things. I'm trusting God, and I hope you are, that together we can accomplish so much more in God. Together we can cross over into an exciting season. Together, it's not just about lockdown or no lockdown. This is about grasping what God wants to do in City Hill because the Lord is about to do mighty things in our lives.
1: Well, thank you, Fusi, for leading us through that, uh, that part of Exodus, the actual Exodus from Egypt, uh, and giving us that vision of, of God leading us and leading, leading our lives. I'd just like to finish our time together by leading us in prayer this morning. Please join with me, City Hill. Heavenly Father, thank you for all that you have done for us. Thank you for your strong hand that has won the battles for us. Thank you that you loved us first uh, and that there, there was nothing we could do to earn your love or earn your salvation. Thank you that you led us. You helped us to cross over and you did all the work. Thank you that you lead us in our lives like you led the Israelites with the fire and the cloud. Help us to look always to you. Lead us in our lives. Lead our journey forward. Help us to always look to you and trust that you have us in your love and your control and you have amazing plans for us. In your amazing, powerful name, we give thanks in Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for joining us uh, this morning and we look forward to seeing you again next week.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of the Exodus series. To find out more about City Hill, visit www.cityhillglobal.com. We'd love to hear from you.